0: Blog Talk Radio Blog Talk Radio My name is Susan Brozek, and I'm a licensed clinical Christian psychotherapist and founder of Healing Word Psychotherapy Services, my private practice. Thank you so much for joining me this evening. Tonight, we're going to be looking at coping with loneliness and some ways that you can cope with it, but also how you can turn it around and find God's companionship and his presence with you. So... With the onset of COVID-19 and this new term, social distancing, many people are experiencing extreme loneliness, which is also leading to other mental health issues, um, which is not the subject of this broadcast, but these other issues can be quite severe in terms of depression, anxiety, even suicidal thoughts. So there's a whole host of things happening uh, in the mental health field as a result of this pandemic. Um, So we'll be discussing today loneliness in general, some of the root causes of loneliness, such as what I described above regarding coronavirus, some biblical principles of comfort during these times, and also some practical steps to help you if you're struggling in this area of loneliness. So let's begin uh, tonight by taking a look at the difference between loneliness and just being alone. Loneliness is not the same as being alone. It's instead feeling alone no matter how many people you have around you. It's feeling disconnected, unplugged, left out, maybe even isolated. And occasionally it's kind of like an ill-defined sadness or an unexplainable desire to run and hide. One TV evangelist has made a statement that says, Loneliness is an experience of isolation resulting from an individual's separation from God or separation from others or discontentment with self. It's accompanied by a lack of inner peace and joy. There's an uneasy feeling about the way life is going when we feel lonely So loneliness implies emotional pain, an empty feeling, a yearning to be with someone, and a restlessness. It's important to note, too, though, that loneliness is not necessarily an indication that something is wrong with a person or that something needs to be, quote-unquote, fixed. An individual may have a network of healthy relationships, but maybe they're just in a time of spiritual or emotional growth that simply needs to run its course. So let's move into what are some reasons why we might feel lonely. Well, first of all, because we're human. Um, and because of that, we are made for a relationship. The Lord made us for a relationship. So everything that's been happening for the past five months or so including COVID-19, social distancing, kids not being able to be with friends in school, online or distance learning, a lot of people working from home, uh, limited involvement with team sports, churches not fully being allowed to open, and travel impediments that make it difficult to visit loved ones, The list just goes on and on in terms of the ramifications of this horrible virus and just the um, extremely detrimental effects it's had on individuals and uh, on society as a whole globally, globally. So all of these different ramifications are the result of uh, this pandemic and the self-quarantining and um, all of the other Uh, measures put in place that they say will keep us safe from catching or spreading COVID-19. So back to uh, other reasons why we feel lonely, and we'll go into a few more of these and then break them down. Loneliness in varying degrees can be a normal human condition. Um, So sometimes, like I said, it doesn't necessarily mean there's anything wrong. Um, Some other reasons aside from the pandemic-related issues that I just spoke of that may cause loneliness can include if we are in a time of spiritual growth, as I mentioned, uh, or if emotional struggles with anger, sadness, grief, depression, or anxiety can kind of short-circuit our ability to feel connected to other people if emotional struggles can result in a challenging personality type, which inadvertently might alienate other people, and that gets into some more uh, characterological mental health issues kind of beyond the scope of tonight's broadcast. But people sort of um, can uh, bring about what they fear. So if they fear, they are not going to... Uh, be able to maintain a friendship, they might inadvertently or deliberately um, and preemptively push away that relationship first before the other person has to do it because they're assuming that they're going to get rejected. Um, Loneliness can also occur because we're afraid to completely trust another person uh, because we don't want to risk loving when we may not be loved in return because we may harbor a bitter or unforgiving spirit towards people. And this really does create a wall around the heart. Um, if you find yourself to be one of the people that, one of those people that it is difficult for you to forgive others, um, and yet uh, you also notice that you have trouble connecting to other people, there is, um, a situation going on there that's related. So when you're able to forgive, the walls will come down and you'll be more easily able to form meaningful um, and substantial relationships with other people. Um, Other reasons for loneliness might be because we may not like ourselves very much, which makes being alone with yourself not the best experience because everywhere you go, there you are, as they say. Um, Also, because a distant family line uh, might have been modeled uh, for you in terms of unhealthy relationships. Um, if you saw unhealthiness or uh, disconnected or dysfunction in your family, um, that might have caused or might still be causing loneliness. Um, and also because our society has become more and more mobile and technology addicted. And so people may choose not to invest in long-term personal or close personal relationships. And obviously, this particular situation is only getting worse um, as we go further into uh, this issue of COVID-19. So I will break that down um, in just a few moments a bit further. In general, families don't remain in one location as much as they did in decades past. So um, back in the mid-century 1900s, for example, um, a family would most of the time choose a home and raise their children there until full, uh, full-grown full children, full adulthood, and they would stay in that home. So um, there was some permanency attached and some predictability and familiarity attached to their relationships with their family, um, people in the neighborhood, um, relationships formed in schools and so forth. But in the recent um, years, uh, there have, it's been a lot of, um, in terms of people moving around, uh, they have um, for better jobs, for example, uprooting their family, going to a different state for a better job to make a career move. Um, and so there's been a lot more of that that's become more common. So then social media uh, provided a way and does still provide a way um, to stay connected to people. Um, But it's a very inadequate substitute for real human connection. I really can't stress that enough. In fact, there are hundreds if not thousands of studies done on what happens when a person spends too long um, looking at a screen on a cell phone or a tablet And in fact, there's a direct correlation with too much time on mobile devices and depression and anxiety, direct correlation. So that's worth mentioning because that is a substantial and well-documented fact. Um, So in that sense, we need to really be uh, aware of how much time we're spending online versus communicating voice-to-voice voice and hopefully face-to-face face with our loved ones. Sometimes physical distance um, can separate us from those who know and love us best. And, of course, in those cases, um, Skype and FaceTime and whatnot, it's, it's at least um, a way, a platform in which to be able to see the person that you're communicating with. But, again, it's um, by no means... Um, a worthy substitute for for being with loved ones. And now that we find ourselves in this complex situation of COVID, um, we are told to social distance. And I've noticed that some people interchange the term social distance and physical distance, and I'm not sure that um, that, that uh, is, uh, that there's a large difference between the two. But I think what's poignant there is when you social distance, you are also physically distancing. Uh, people recommending six feet. Um, and so by um, by doing so, you can't really connect with another human being. You also can't read their facial expressions. When you're talking to someone in a mask, um, really only you can just, the only thing that you would see really is their eyes. So it kind of shuts down expression in the sense of another way that, that we communicate, which is non-verbally, um, you know, a smile, for example, um, going into a grocery store, not sure, you know, it, you know, if it's a simple act of smiling at someone, we can't tell anymore. And that also can lead to Believe it or not, more feelings of loneliness because there's this lack of ability to reciprocate a, a very simple and yet powerful human emotion uh, just by smiling at someone. So these are causing all kinds of, um, uh, I think, unintended or, or maybe, maybe not unintended <laughs> uh, results of the way that this is all being handled in terms of social distance and masking. Um, And so now in some ways we are really left with nothing but staying connected in large part via social media. Um, Yes, we can still gather under restrictions depending on what part of the the country and what part of the world you're listening from. Um, I can only really speak for the state of Wisconsin here on this. I know all the different states have, uh, by by and large, have slightly different um, mandates, but... um, for the most part, uh, masking and distancing are always amongst those. Um, so the social media use is skyrocketing uh, new platforms are are rising up every day, um, and people are spending more time on their more time on their phones. so as you can see, a situation that already uh, might cause loneliness in a person's life is now that situation um, is just being exacerbated by the pandemic and the, the measures that we're told to take to prevent it from spreading. So although everyone can be lonely at times and all of us will inevitably feel lonely at some point in our lives, there are some people who may be more acquainted with loneliness than others. And aside from what I just said about the COVID uh, issue, these people might include, first of all, teenagers. Also included in those who may struggle more often with loneliness are the elderly those who are in the midst of grief, people who uh, have recently retired, single adults, those married to someone in a different spiritual place in their walk with the Lord, the divorced, single parents, stay-at-home moms, parents going through empty nest syndrome, which is what happens after their adult children leave and start their own lives, people with special needs people new to a community or to a group, those suffering long-term illnesses of whatever sort. Um, It's a tough battle, and oftentimes that person feels quite alone, even though they may have plenty of help. Um, Those in midlife crises, those suffering a significant loss, such as a job or loss of a relationship, victims of abuse or crime, those struggling with addictions, and those who are the only believers in their family or their workplace. This also can cause an element of loneliness. And believe it or not, high level executives and high achievers are also listed amongst those most likely to experience frequent loneliness. Uh, Reverend Chuck Swindoll, uh, who many of you have heard of, contends that we all need three types of intimacy. Intimacy with God through salvation and abiding in him. Intimacy with others in healthy relationships. And intimacy with ourselves through self-acceptance. So let's look now at loneliness and how it's addressed in scripture and hopefully give you some encouragement um, as I have a sense that uh, many listening tonight might be lonely and, and the Lord really laid this particular topic on my heart. For this evening as we continue to push our way through month number five um, of this global pandemic. So ever since the Garden of Eden, man has struggled with loneliness ever since the fall in the garden. Throughout scripture, God paints for us the human condition of loneliness, but never without the promise of his love and presence. So when did loneliness start? As I mentioned, up until Genesis chapter 2, everything was good in the world. It was utopia. It was perfection. God created the earth and it was good. The lights of the day were good. Vegetation was good. He made all things and they were very good. The first thing he says that was not good was that man was alone. Even in a perfect relationship with God, Adam's aloneness was not good, and God characterizes it as such. God's antidote to Adam's loneliness was a relationship, the creation of Eve from Adam's rib and the intimate relationship of marriage. When sin entered the Garden of Eden after Satan's deception of Eve, Adam chose to disobey God, and in the process he lost the same level of his intimacy with God And he hurt his intimacy with Eve. And I don't think we'll ever quite know this side of eternity exactly what they lost when they chose the way of deception versus choosing God's truth. But much was lost. Sin entered the world, and nothing has been the same since. I want to give you now some scriptures that can bring comfort to the lonely, especially as we're going through these socially distanced times. So if you're wrestling with loneliness this day, I pray that the following verses will minister directly to your heart. Job 14 talks about that God knows the steps that you take. Psalm 34 discusses how God is close to the brokenhearted. Psalm 51 states that the Lord will not despise or turn away the sacrifice of a contrite heart and spirit. Psalm 56 tells us that God knows when you cry. Your tears are bottled up. When you cry, he sees you. He's with you. You're not alone, even though it may feel that way. Psalm 63 states that God's loving kindness is better than life. Psalm 68 says that God places the lonely in families. Psalm 139 says that God knows all of your activities, and he knows your thoughts. Matthew 10 says that the Lord even numbers the hairs on your head. Think of that. John 10 says that God knows you by name. Philippians 4 says that God supplies all our needs in Christ Jesus. And Hebrews 2 and chapter 4 state that God is able to empathize with our pain In other words, he can understand the pain that we are going through as we go through it. He can understand it, and he can understand it on an emotional level. That's what empathy is. Hebrews 13 says that God will never leave or forsake you. Isaiah 43 says that God can bring us tremendous comfort when we're lonely. And God also says to you today, Are you fearful? Remember, you belong to me. Do you feel insecure? I've called you by name. Do you feel lonely? I will be with you. And in times of calamity and trials, when you pass through the waters, I'll be there. And through the rivers, they won't overwhelm you. When you walk through the fire, you will not be scorched nor will the flame burn you. Why? Well, verses 3 through 5 in Isaiah 43 say, For I am the Lord your God, the Holy One of Israel, your Savior. Since you are precious in my sight, since you are honored and I love you, do not fear, for I am with you. So it's important, it's crucial, in fact, that we allow God to be who he is, our closest friend, who is dearer than a brother. So what can be learned from loneliness and and times of feeling lonely? Loneliness is mainly viewed as something negative to be avoided in our lives. But there are also some hidden benefits and lessons we can learn from loneliness. Loneliness. In the Apostle Paul's second letter to Timothy, he illustrates two important lessons from loneliness. First of all, loneliness makes us aware of the importance of other people, our need of them, and our need to be in relationship with them. God created us, as I said before, for relationship, which is why so many are struggling right now. And this is illustrated as well when Paul was in prison, and secondly, loneliness forces us to turn our concerns totally over to God. When all of our crutches are taken away, we can certainly look up and say, maybe I had better trust you, Lord, and we will see that that works. When loneliness strikes, it forces us to turn our concerns over to God. And um, in these past five months, I've spoken with many of my patients and and others in my life who have stated that even though it's been uh, quite distressful, everything we've gone through, the one thing that they seem to say and and have in common, and I agree with this, and I relate with this, is that it has caused their uh, spiritual lives to grow. When you are um, quarantined in a home, for example, um, and you have more time available to you, and there are, Uh, fear there's fear mongering going on in the world a lot of people have opened the bible for maybe the first time in six months maybe the first time ever and have sought the lord so there are some benefits that have occurred and people's walks with god have deepened during this time and in some cases they have started during this time so always remember that what satan means for evil god can use for good um, A.W. Tozer, who is uh, a notable um, author and preacher, has said, most of the world's great souls have been lonely. Along those lines, let's begin to discuss the causes of loneliness as related to people in scripture and how common they are to all of us as human beings. And Before we get into that, I just want to dovetail off of something that A.W. Tozer said where he he characterizes most of the world's great souls have been lonely. I'm sure we've all heard the expression, it's lonely at the top. So this usually is thought of in the context of somebody who is maybe the president or CEO of a large corporation or someone who is uh, high up on the ladder in some other profession um, in terms of attorney or um, whatever um, business they may run, um, that they don't feel that, there are a lot of people that can relate to the same stressors that they may go through. So this phrase, it's lonely at the top, is actually, it has quite a bit of truth in it. Um, because some people um, feel, like I said, that there isn't a big support system um, in certain, certain fields. And they're kind of left to figure things out on their own. Um, Sometimes people are intimidated by those who are in a position higher than them. But those are people too, and those people need others because we're all made for a relationship. So going back now to uh, loneliness is related to people in Scripture. First of all, there was Moses, and he disobeyed God. He acted outside of God's will. He was sent to the desert to learn, to listen to God, and to obey, obey God as a result. And then there was Job, and I'm going through these uh, quickly just in the interest of time. Job experienced great losses, tremendous losses. He was grief-stricken, diseased. He was struggling with God's sovereignty, struggling with his faith, and he would pour out his heart to God during the midst of the trials that he went through. I can imagine how alone he must have felt. Joseph also was lonely and he experienced rejection and rejection is something that can make all of us feel lonely joseph was sold into slavery by his brothers he was falsely accused and then he spent years in a foreign prison Um, in terms of elijah elijah dealt frequently with spiritual warfare and after a violent confrontation with evil and a desperate flight for his life from jezebel Elijah's time in the cave was filled with loneliness. So sometimes when we're on the front lines of ministry or or are coming against spiritual warfare, we can have difficulty expressing what that feels like to other people, and that can be a time when loneliness might kick in as well. Um, Abraham was another person that had experienced loneliness and that he had delayed answers from God. And Scripture tells us that deferred makes the heart sick so if you're waiting on god for something and you continue to wait and you continue to pray and you continue to wait and you don't see your situation changing there is a reality to that which scripture points out that hope deferred meaning hope delayed or hope put off can literally cause a sadness of heart so be sure to stir up in your heart during those times encouragement from the word of God um, such that the enemy would not seize an opportune time to bring you down with discouragement. Um, So uh, Abraham had waited on God to fulfill his promise for the majority of his life and also was asked by God to do the impossible in sacrificing his son. And David, was under personal attack, and he also knew what loneliness was. He was a fugitive from King Saul, and he was hunted. He turned lonely hours into worship and also to the writing of the psalm while he was tending sheep in the hills. So there's an example of some very good results coming from loneliness in the fact that when he wrote the book of Psalms, he was probably growing through a lot of that. And so many of us find comfort and peace and solace and validation and affirmation in the psalms that david penned. solomon struggled with a discontented spirit he was a, a successful man who had virtually everything he wanted materially and yet he still wrote in ecclesiastes about his intense need for something more and i think that goes to um, the issue of learning to be content with what you have and avoiding the comparison trap. Uh, Comparison always ruins contentment. Here's somebody who had everything. I mean, literally everything, and yet it wasn't enough. And the reason it wasn't enough is because it never will be enough because only Jesus can fill us to the full and to give us life um, overflowing and abundant life. We will only be satisfied by him and through him. Nothing that this world can provide. Jeremiah knew that he was standing alone, and he was, known as, he was known as the weeping prophet. He was courageous and tender, and he was a single man with an overwhelming mission, but lonely. John the Baptist experienced loneliness in his ministry. He was alone in a desolate wilderness, and he was an outcast by choice. He met God in the solitude and became strong. And Jesus himself was facing great tests and trials. In his humility, Jesus left heaven and his father to become a man. As a man, Jesus felt lonely in the wilderness before his public ministry and also again in the Garden of Gethsemane and ultimately on the cross. And finally, Paul, as he faced overwhelming responsibility, he had a concern for all the churches as stated in 2 Corinthians 11, an itinerant ministry kept him on the move, and in his final hours, he was alone and in prison. He requested friends to come and be with him. And I think that so many of us can say that when we're in these lonely times, we really do want that kinship. We want that friend, just someone to be there with us and for us, and it, it may not even necessarily require words. There are uh, people who pre- to do something called ministry of presence where they'll just go and sit with someone, just to have another person sit with you if you're going through something difficult, especially in times of uh, the passing of a loved one and during seasons of grief. Um, this is a particularly effective ministry. Um, so as we begin to wrap here tonight, I just want to share with you now a scriptural promise For those of you who might be struggling with loneliness as you listen to this broadcast tonight, this can be found in Romans 5, verses 3 through 5. It says in the Phillips translation, this doesn't mean, of course, that we have only a hope of future joys. We can be full of joy here and now, even in our trials and troubles. These very things will give us patient endurance. This, in turn, will develop a mature character and a character of this sort produces hope, a hope that will never disappoint us. So the loneliness you feel could be God's hand developing your character, your character through a personal wilderness, as it were. So it's important to remember that you can try to learn as much as possible as you travel this path if you are, in fact, in a season of loneliness. And sometimes the Lord will allow us to have those types of seasons. And instead of fighting against the Lord, accept the season that he has for you because whatever he might have, it's always for your best and to help you grow closer to him. So um, as we navigate through this pandemic, God can take it for good in our personal lives and use it to help us draw closer unto him if we let him. So as you willingly cooperate with whatever he desires for you, you will find that this yoke, burdensome when you were burying it by yourself, is now light. In Matthew eleven twenty nine, Jesus said, Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and humble in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. And the Father Himself can identify with our loneliness through the incarnation of his Son. From his time on earth, Jesus understands our feelings of loneliness and sympathizes with our weaknesses. In the wilderness, Satan attacked our lonely Jesus' vulnerability. Jesus was lonely in the Garden of Gethsemane, like I stated before, and he wanted others to stay awake with him and watch with him, and they could not even do that. Um, On the cross, he felt the ultimate loneliness, because when he died for all of our sin, for all people, for all time, he felt the ultimate loneliness for every person that ever lived because he was separated momentarily from his Abba Father, also uh, transliterated as Daddy God. So Hebrews 4:15 and 16 assure us that we do not have a high priest who is unable to sympathize with our weaknesses, but we have one who has been tested in every way just as we are yet what was without sin. Let us approach the throne of grace with boldness so that we may receive mercy and find grace to help us in our time of need. So then, how can we control loneliness when it is negatively affecting our lives, and how can we turn it around? Which is the case, I think, for a lot of us right now. We're, we're tired. We're tiring of you know, these, uh, these ramifications of this pandemic, and it's becoming tiresome, and we're not able to partake in the things we love and used to enjoy. And so it's causing, like I said, a lot of mental health ramifications. So, how do we turn this around? So, first of all, we need to realize that we may never get rid of loneliness entirely. We may never live without some episodes of loneliness, but we can learn some ways to deal with it. And here are three suggestions taken from the Bible, 2 Timothy 4. Verses 9 through 11, written during the Apostle Paul's loneliest hours. So number one, invest time with friends and family. And the way that we can do that now might look a little different, but we can still do it. We can even go back to some, um, I don't want to say old school methods, but, um, you know, sending cards and sending letters, handwritten letters. Sending those in the mail, not sending an email, sending a card through the regular U.S. postal mail can really mean a lot to a person. How many people still send cards? I mean, there it's, it just doesn't seem to be um, the method of choice anymore because everything can be done electronically, and there's um, a lack of um, personalization with that. So that's one way that we can invest time. Also, obviously, calling Um, our friends inviting um, a person over a group of friends over um, doing a bible study um, those types of things and if we can't be with them in person because of uh, how far they live away um, as i said before skyping and facetime at least is better than uh, nothing and um, it can be a way to at least um, interact with the person where you see them and not just hear their voice on a voice phone call. So companionship doesn't solve everything, but it can be helpful. And again, Paul asked for his friends. In verse 9, he said, Timothy, come. I want to be with you. In verse 11, he said, Luke, you are here. I want to be with you. He also said, Mark, bring him. I want to be with Mark. He talks about greetings from other people, but he also wanted to spend with these time with these three particular men timothy luke and mark they must have been what we would consider best their, his best friends his closest friends he had a whole host of other friends from his ministry of course but he wanted these three because they were his closest and friends that he could be real with which by the way is so critical when we're talking about loneliness if we refuse to be authentic and transparent and real with other people we're much more likely to experience loneliness because others may in turn feel that they can't be their real selves with us. So the bottom line is don't be afraid to be your authentic self with those who God has brought in your life as friends and loved ones. Take off the mask as it were. And it's not saying that the first day you meet somebody, you pour your entire life story out. Obviously you need to have boundaries in place and, um, Don't hold unrealistic expectations, but when you allow your true self to be seen, other people will respond in kind. A fake friendship or a fake relationship is not going to do anything to help loneliness. In fact, it can be uh, harmful emotionally. Um, A second way that we can learn to deal with loneliness is to remember to still take care of our own physical needs. And this may sound a little bit odd, but please permit me to explain. Sometimes a lonely person will tend to let themselves go and not take care of themselves in the way that they should, which can also be a symptom of other issues such as depression. But a lonely person might not care about his or her appearance or diet or health, And I think we've all heard this phrase now, the quarantine 15, when we were all uh, kind of um, quarantined in our homes and couldn't leave. And a lot of people turned to food for emotional comfort. And now we have um, those issues that are being brought out in the open, um, turning to food. Some people turn to their drug of choice, addictions that are on the rise people who never smoked, started smoking, all kinds of things I've been hearing um, that have really been another result of this quarantine. It's been very detrimental. There's been a lot of really bad um, destructive habits that people have started in that when they were lonely during the quarantine, and we were, uh, they have started these habits, and now they're trying to find ways to break free from them And the fact of the matter is it's more difficult the longer it's gone on because the enemy develops what's called a foothold and then a stronghold in a person uh, when they begin to give themselves over to addictive behaviors that are not good for them. Um, But back to um, what Paul was saying, Um, he said, when you come back, bring the cloak which I left at Troas with carpet." Paul's practical mind was evident in this statement. He was physically cold at the time, and he knew that he needed to take care of himself, even though he was lonely. So I think we can learn much from that simple scripture, that we're not to neglect ourselves or our self-care, which was hard when they closed down the salons and the hairdressers and so forth, Um, but there are certainly things that um, were able to be maintained in that time, and it's very important that um, you maintain your self-care, especially in, This season, because we need to be strong, not just spiritually and emotionally, but also in our best physical condition that we can. So third, we can spend time in Scripture for support. 2 Timothy 4.13 says, when you come, Timothy, bring the cloak, bring the books, but especially the parchment, which was Scripture, the Bible. You don't have to read the whole New Testament. Just turn to a passage or even a verse and say, God, speak to me through this. I'm going to read this today, and I ask you, ask you, Holy Spirit, to quicken unto me that which I've absorbed as I read this scripture. And this isn't playing Russian roulette with a Bible necessarily, although there can be times when we open it up and we hope that what we read fits our situation. But basically it's saying, Holy Spirit, guide the process. Show me what you want me to see. Sometimes we'll have seen a verse a hundred times and it doesn't stand out, but then there's that one time when it seems to jump right up off the page at us. And that's the power of the Holy calling unto um, our deep. So that can help tremendously to turn your situation around. It's important to remember that there are really no quick fixes for loneliness, uh, but certainly there are common sense ways to approach the issue. So how then should you directly handle it? So one way is to learn to hand it over to God and allow the feelings of loneliness to be there, but then to be replaced by the knowledge that he never leaves you or forsakes you. So when you're lonely, don't just try to stuff the emotion down. It does no good when you stuff feelings. Feelings buried alive never die. If you're lonely and you stuff it, you'll try to do things to keep it stuffed. Um, Such as I mentioned, going uh, and eating more or finding some type of addictive behavior so you don't have to feel that negative emotion. But this is all to your detriment Um, down the road if you keep trying to stuff down the emotion instead of just letting yourself feel it and know that the Lord will never leave or forsake you if the feelings of loneliness persist uh, as you accept them for what they are and pray about them peace will follow the Lord God will meet you and he will send a sense of his presence and as you spend more time in his word the closer you are to him Um, you may not understand all of God's ways but do know that he is trustworthy. And instead of entering into a potentially destructive search for fulfillment and companionship that might not involve healthy choices, you can maintain balance in your life by combining these practical solutions for loneliness while trusting in the Lord your God to direct your steps. And I remember reading something a while back, um, and it says something akin to this. The cure to a lonely heart is to be alone with Jesus. So we'll end on that note tonight, and that's all the time we've got left. Thank you so much for joining me. I trust that this teaching on loneliness has been beneficial to you, especially as we deal with the pandemic and the social distancing, and as you seek to understand that you have choices when it comes to experiencing and coping with loneliness. I hope that you'll tune in again in two weeks for another broadcast of The Way of Healing which airs every other Tuesday evening. And I would like to close us now in a word of prayer. Father God, we just thank you for this opportunity, Lord God, um, to share your truths about a topic that... Um, is likely affecting so many of us, Lord, in this world right now. And I pray, God, that those that are listening tonight would just have a real deep sense of your love, Lord God, a sense of your nearness, a sense of your closeness, Lord God, as we have been, uh, in many cases, separate from those that we love. So we pray, God, that uh, those who are struggling with loneliness tonight, Lord God, that you would just help them, Lord, strengthen them spiritually, Lord, help them to... Be uh, willing to give out also as a way to reach out and to help fill that void. And I also pray that you would bring people across their path as well that they need, Lord God. Um, Your word tells us that you give us the desires of our hearts. And so I do pray for those that are lonely and just in need of a friend or a listening ear, Lord God, that you would just bring the appropriate people across their path, God. And we just ask, Lord, that during this season, Lord, that we would turn to you more than ever. Lord, we should be turning to you more than ever every day. But especially as we have more time available to us, help us, Lord God, to really draw close to you, to be edified, to be built up, to be strengthened for whatever faces us in these next several months. And in the year 2020, Lord God, I pray uh, that your blood, uh, the shed blood of the Lord Jesus Christ would just cover everyone that's within the range of my voice right now. um, And that you would keep them safe and protected. Provide your angelic host to keep their foot from stumbling, that they may not dash their foot against a stone, Lord God. We just thank you, Lord, for healing and bring uh, healing to any that are suffering with sickness of any kind. And we also ask now, God, for just an extra dose of your grace and mercy. We ask all these things in your glorious and holy name. So once again, thank you. And if you would like to contact me directly at Healing Word, which is my private practice, please feel free to call 414-254-9862 or visit my website at healing-word.com. Thank you very much. And God's virtuous blessings be upon you.